So fast forward, that was really the impetus to leading me to found the Construction Coach, which is Australia's first construction coaching business in terms of a career sense because there is no other platform or avenue where you can fast track your development in the industry by a understanding what the industry looks like and trying to piece it all together because it's taken me the best part of seven years to piece it all together and you know people always have come to me well how did you have your successful career in construction so i'm paying it forward through many different ways and of course the book is one of those ways today we speak with eleanor mosh she's an ambitious and driven thought leader and dedicated mentor in the construction industry. Her passion to guide, inspire, and direct future leaders and industry professionals to construct their career led to her founding the successful platform, The Construction Coach. Eleanor has been featured in the Australian National Construction Review, Property Council of Australia's Top 500 Women in Property Program 2019, Top 100 Women in Construction, and is frequently a speaker, guest lecturer, and panelist. Eleanor is also the host of the successful podcast, Constructing You. Following the podcast, Eleanor released in August of 2020 her book, Constructing Your Career, a one-of-a-kind for people who want inspirational, practical action, and unconventional career intelligence to construct their career. She holds a Master of Construction Management and Bachelor of Environments from the University of Melbourne. So let's dig into this episode and learn a bit more on how she got started. Thank you for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. We're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life. Want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. Hey, Eleanor, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. My pleasure. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, Eleanor, tell us a little bit about yourself. We met through matchmaker.fm. I know it sounds funny, but it's a, <laughs> it's a pretty awesome platform where you get to connect with other podcasters and, and be guests on other podcasts. It's, it's a pretty cool platform. I've gotten a lot of um, really cool folks from there. So tell us a little bit about yourself, what you're up to, what you're doing, how you got all started. It is such a wonderful platform and any platform that offers a world of opportunity, I'm more than happy to be on. So I am a thought leader in the construction industry. I'm the founder of my business, The Construction Coach, and as an ambitious and dedicated mentor and leader in the industry, I work to guide, inspire, and direct future leaders and industry professionals to achieve higher compensation, faster progression, and more recognition in their careers in construction. And I do that via private mentoring. I also have a podcast as well. It's called Constructing You. And in a few weeks from today, I am releasing my first book, Constructing Your Career. That is fantastic. That is beautiful. 
you know, construction is such a, I mean, it's, I see that there's, there's construction happening all, all around us, right? There's new buildings coming up, there's new homes getting started, and um, new builders, you know, setting up new places. How did you get into construction? It's, it's a, it's a big, it's a big, um, like, yes, that's something that happens, but it's, it's, I'm sure there's a lot, there's a lot to know about it. Definitely. And it is an industry which affects and impacts every single one of our lives, but Mm -hmm. it's not an industry which people actually go and think to have a career in. It's just something that happens or (laughs) people tend to think, oh, if I work in construction, the only way I can do that is via trade, not construction Mm -hmm. management. So I did my undergraduate here in architecture and Whilst I am a creative, I'm not creative in the sense of design. And Mm -hmm. I had lots of frustration with the design process. So a few experiences in the undergraduate degree led me to the construction management master's. So I enrolled in that. Not that academia is the pathway to success or (laughs) required, but of course, you know, you, you follow convention when that's all that you know. And only in retrospect do you realize, well, that wasn't required, but it was necessary as part of my journey. So I did start the master's degree and it just opened up a whole new world to me about structure and processes and the financial and ethics and processes and engineering and so many elements that are associated with shaping the built environment and I fell in love with the process the opportunity that the industry afforded but again when I was standing at the periphery of my own career I felt lost I felt confused and definitely overwhelmed because it is such a large industry that is not short of opportunity and university only affords you one framework of having a career and that is I'm going to be a project manager. So off you go into industry and you say, I'm going to be a project manager, having no idea what that actually means. So Mm -hmm. of course, you know, you spend time in industry and you figure it out and you figure it out the long and hard way when you're by yourself type of thing. So fast forward, that was really the impetus to leading me to found the construction coach, which is Australia's first construction coaching business in terms of a career sense because there is no other platform or avenue where you can fast track your development in the industry by a understanding Mm -hmm. what the industry looks like and trying to piece it all together because it's taken me the best part of seven years to piece it all together and you know, people always have come to me, well, how did you have your successful career in construction? So I'm paying it forward through many different ways. And of course, mm. the book is one of those ways. That's beautiful. You know, the one thing that you mentioned, you know, you, you went the conventional route of going to school to learn about construction. And if you're not a tradesman in any specific area, I think school is the way to go to get your feet wet, to understand what is happening. I mean, people who become doctors or become engineers or, you know, they go through school because that's, that's the straightest path to getting into technology or or medical, plus based on, 
I guess, um, like especially medical, you know, you're, you're dealing with human lives or you're dealing with what, you know, you have to kind of go through that step by step. But for electrician or for, you know, those are trades where either you're doing something with it and then you learn the trades, you, you learn all the different avenues, the terminology and whatnot. But it makes sense that, you know, you took the path of least resistance. But, I mean, who's to say it, that was least resistant or not? But it makes sense. Like, you need a starter point for anything at all. Definitely. Really, and yeah. <laughs> I would hate for doctors to bypass that <laughs> fundamental exactly. requirement. Exactly. So, yeah, but in the career context, it can be in the in the construction context, it can be bypassed. And yeah. it's such a practical industry that you learn via doing. Absolutely. As absolutely. you said. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, there's a good friend of mine. Well, not a friend of mine. We meet. I met him through. What was that we were looking for somebody to help us, you know, do some insulation in our house and and do some work. And we met this guy, and he's like, "Yeah, I've been, I've been building homes for the better off the past fifty years. You know, <laughs> growing up doing it. You know, since I was fourteen years old, building homes straight from the ground. And you know, you see, you you meet tradespeople like this, and they have stories, and you know." all the things that they've done and, and it's it's all experience and it's amazing how like the insight they have around things and um you know it's it's really it's really a, a a gift to know somebody or it's it's um it's important to know somebody of experience of such of such experience so then you can be you can steer clear of malpractice or, or not even malpractice but you know people just trying to take your money for it and be like oh no you got to spend two three thousand dollars to get this problem fixed instead of trying to find all the different solutions that are possible yeah there's no shortage of cowboys or people that take advantage of the industry and unfortunately mm -hmm. that's the side of the industry in which some people first experience and then yeah. have this tarnished view of the industry but yeah just as there are dishonest people, there are absolutely exemplary people yeah. in the industry as well, globally, I am sure. Absolutely. Sweet. So construction, you got into construction, you learn about, you started with architecture, you mentioned, and then you got into construction because you had trouble with the design part of it. Now, what's funny is that I call myself a designer, but I never... <laughs> in my life did take a, a color theory or, or design specific class. It just happened to be something that, that I was either passionate about or something I just started doing, you know, just, just learning and, and just be, being fascinated about technology. And it wasn't until um, 10 years ago that I actually was like, all right, let me figure out what this, this what, what's the next step up because I was just designing web pages looking at other pages, stealing designs. But I was like, what's the philosophy behind it? And then I, I learned about user experience design and took some courses. And I'm like, oh, that's what everybody keeps talking about. <laughs> and then what's even funnier is that user experience design specifically is a very newer uh, philosophy also. I mean, I learned about it 10 years ago, and uh, people have been probably talking about it for the past, I don't know, 25 years. Um, when the first, you know, one of the first books came out and I was like, wow, this is really interesting. Um, so construction has a lot, a much larger, a much 
deeper history around it. Like there's so many standards and rules that you got to follow, especially when you're building a home or you're building a con constructing a a large building. And there's there's stuff like leads and there's stuff like um, you know being gold standard and and being going green and whatnot. Tell us a little bit about that, if if you know anything about it at all. I definitely like it has to be a highly regulated industry in terms mm -hmm. of code standards and practices, and that's part of the experience piece, which yeah. comes when you work in the industry. So it's, yeah, it's necessary. Otherwise, if you had everyone doing something completely different, it would be an absolute disaster when people try and move from company to company or mm. trying to price works or anything like that. So, yeah, regulation in the industry is absolutely fundamental. Yeah, I mean, you are protect. You are um, people are living in these buildings, and and you got to have those standards in place. So, if if there's an earthquake or a hurricane or any natural disaster, you know, people can count on. The structure just stand still and keep them. <laughs> yeah, at minimum. <laughs> at minimum. <laughs> minimum wow. requirements. Yeah. 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 Awesome. So you started your journey seven years ago, or something like that. You mentioned you've been doing this for seven years, or and what motivated you to pick this specific area of expertise? I mean, you did to architecture in college, right? Yeah, our university yeah. equivalent. Yes. University, yeah. So what inspired you to go into architecture? Architecture at first, during year 12, I was, mm -hmm. again, a creative. Like, I enjoyed oh. art and design. And you go to a few open days at university and you mm -hmm. go to the, to the not the arts degree necessarily, but equivalent equivalent disciplines and you know you start discovering oh this is the architecture world and you get to be the person who <laughs> who has the name up in lights and it's really not like that and every course advisor that I went to for architecture said don't do it because it's not what you think it is and of course when someone says don't do something because it's too hard I will by default say well I'm going to do it and I'm going to prove it to you but Unfortunately, they were right at the time, but it's, it was still a, a good experience because it gave me the appreciation for the built environment and how we understand and operate it. And I really did love the history side yeah. of the degree. But, you know, it is this fascination of understanding history and architecture and design and philosophies like architecture is such a mm -hmm. beautiful amalgamation of so many different worlds. So, I don't regret that, you know, I, I did it. It allowed me, it was obviously a necessary stepping stone yeah. to work, getting into construction management and working in project delivery and then starting my own business and then the thought leadership aspect of construction management. So, of course, in retrospect, it's always easier to connect the dots than it is looking forward. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, the, the one thing that you mentioned, you know, about the history of architecture and the philosophy of our architecture and, and the, the many artists and the many creators that we've seen. And there's some, they've created some really iconic, 
iconic structures all around the world. It's it's beautiful, like the Sydney Art the Sydney Orchestra, Orchestra. Sydney Opera House. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, my I don't know words. <laughs> the Sydney Opera House is is so beautiful, and it's all constructed out of concrete. Which is, yeah, to think that that type of construction methodology and technology was done when it was done. I don't remember the exact figures on it, but it was grossly over time and grossly over budget back then. Yeah. It would have been a disaster <laughs> in today's terms. Yeah, that's amazing, right? So architecture into construction now being one of the top 100 women in construction, you know, that's that's really quite an achievement. And what are some of your plans? So you did mention that you have a podcast coming out. Tell us a little about, about your podcast. So the podcast is out. I released it in March and it was perfectly oh, nice. timed with COVID <laughs> in a way because everyone was at home and they had nothing to do except listen to my podcast which was fantastic <laughs> but you know they got to discover it and you know constructing you is really about the premise on you know first you become and then you achieve first you have to become the person who has an exemplary and exceptional and excellent career in construction so i interview exemplary leaders and industry titans in construction and property and I don't show people only what they've done because you can see that via LinkedIn and that doesn't have, yeah, that really yeah, doesn't exactly. tell you much. So I talk about who they are and who they've had to become to achieve what they have because when you unveil what it really takes and the successful journeys of others, albeit a 10-year overnight success in most instances, 10, 20 years, then it really works to show people what's possible and it's my duty as an industry leader to show people what's possible but when you immerse yourself in people who have believed in themselves who have started up the business who have had you know who have reached the peaks of their careers and are still growing and developing and exploring their own careers as an evolution piece then you start to change your own belief system and it's this podcast has so many positive consequences in that people are you know had one now one of my clients come and say to me i started listening to the podcast and it was like looking in the mirror and i didn't like what i was seeing so i had to do something about it and you know other people have said you know i wish this podcast was available when i started and the feedback has been just phenomenal and maybe it was because of the pandemic and people are locked at home or maybe it's just brilliant content but I've ticked over 13,000 downloads globally in the span of five months since launch so you know there is no other podcast like this which has this conversation yeah. a lot of the discourse in construction is really focused on the technical you know how to build how do two materials go together what's the status of the industry type of thing but that has little weight and bearing to your career because your technical skills only make up 10% of career success. You can teach everyone. You can teach anyone who has an interest. Yeah. Technical skills, but it's the person which actually drives the career success. So it's just going really, really well. And, you know, it's an absolute pleasure and a privilege to deliver this type of value and content to the industry.
That's so awesome. I've, I've got my my little daughter crying in here. So, yeah, it's upstairs. Can you take her upstairs? How old is she? She wants some. She is two years old. Ah, cute. Vitamin's coming? No, no, no. Can you say hi? Not that Say hi. Are you here? No. No. She's not here. Okay. Power of editing. Power of editing. And uh, we're back after those messages from our sponsors. (laughs) 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 So, no. So, all of that, what you're saying, you know, you use you look at that journey on how people got here and yes people can look up on linkedin like oh this guy's been doing this for this time oh you know they're they're a speaker they're you know they're been on stages and a lecturer and whatnot so yes all of that is available but the journey the story the pathway that you took you know why you make the different changes and and you know all of those things that's what really connects you the audience with the guest with the host with and yeah and and your podcast like you mentioned you know it's it's one of a kind because there's not a lot of people talking about construction on the podcast right it's a very specific topic and uh it's awesome that you made the leap and and you know brought it out and now it's available for people to learn these journeys and these stories and i think that's where i and en- i ended up going to as well with my podcast i started talking to myself and i was like okay i can only <laughs> talk to so much to myself and let me bring on some guests let me learn from others on what they've done what their journeys have been so very similar but mine is like all over the place right hacks and hobbies like well this could be it there could be a million hobbies there could be a million hacks and whatnot so it's still amazing to connect with people and have those conversations i think that's the most powerful part and my favorite part of the podcast process too definitely it's a world of opportunity that we have absolutely all right, and this is why I don't record on, on weekends. weekends. <laughs> yeah. All right, so what we'll do is, so we, we learned about you as a, as, <laughs> all right, um, we're going to take another little quick break. No problem. Come right back. This is so. No, that's okay. Embarrassing, but, um, no problem. Yeah, so we learn about your journey. We'll learn about the the path you took to get into this construction industry and become the construction coach. You know, it's it's really powerful story and, and I absolutely love it. And you know what you're doing for the community by giving back, by teaching them, by showing them how anybody can not I mean I guess I could say that, right? And how anybody can get in and become or get into the construction industry and construct themselves how definitely yeah you know yeah that's the first part of it it's Mm -hmm. constructing you and then and then you construct your career so 
it's really like a lot of my mentoring also focuses on the internal work that is necessary to have external success because when I have done the internal work, which is the yeah. most important work, yeah. that's when the biggest changes have come about. And that's why a big part of my ethos and my message is, well, what is the greatest project that you will ever get to work on? It is yourself, of course. Yes. And people in the industry spend way too much time working on projects external to themselves without actually realizing what's important to me, what's my own vision, who do I need to become and, you yeah. know, that whole discourse. So it's, it is available and affordable to anyone, but first we do the becoming and then we do the constructing of your career. You know, you made, you mentioned some really powerful things there. Uh, I was having a conversation the other day and um, the conversation was around, you know, some people are working seven days a week because they're in an industry where they're recruiting, they got to find, they got to make sure that they meet the requirements and, and not just meet the requirements, but find the person so they can place them because that's their business. That's their entire business, right? They're placing people and they got to be available for support. And I'm like, well, that's great, but I don't think that's the only way that you can make a seven-figure income or even an eight-figure income. You got to have systems in place, right? So I didn't really go into the deep of the conversation because I was like, you know what? Um, I'm not going to preach because I'm not there yet. But once I do get there, I'm like, hey, look, <laughs> it's possible. I've done it. Look at this. You don't need to be working seven days a week, you know, eight hours a day because what's really important the time that will time is something that will not come back right this is the t this is precious time it will not return you've got to focus on yourself your family and what you're bringing to the world and is this what you're teaching to your children so i think that's very very important and i keep looking at myself and laughing you know <laughs> My my kids crying and I'm recording a podcast here, but which is fine, right? I mean, it's I'm I'm a work in progress, so it's really powerful to work on yourself. And, you know, everybody says the grass is greener on the other side. Well, yes, it's on the other, greener on the other side because those people that you're looking at, they are watering their grass a lot more. So if you were to water the grass that's by your feet, then yes your grass will be green too. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, that people just go through the mechanics of life. And mm -hmm. one of the first questions that I ask people when they approach me for mentoring, it's, what do you want? <laughs> what do you actually want? And I also, once upon a time, I drew blanks when I was posed that question. I had, yeah. I was fumbling around for answers and it was only through, a uh, long introspection and long and deep introspection with myself. And I did that through journaling, did I actually unveil what it is that I want, what is my own vision. And when that came, when that had clarity and I mm -hmm. took lots of belief and ownership into that, only did the right people and opportunities specifically in terms of my thought leadership mentor mm -hmm. come about that it showed me, well, you know, where you are today, it's not the only vehicle for getting to where you want to be. And you're right. It's not about 
the struggle you know some people wear the struggle and i work seven days a week like a badge of honor well yes work seven days a week i do the same but it is on something that is that i'm so passionate about that is what i'm here to be doing and that's the important thing yeah and having that clarity is is so so important because sure i could be running around doing 10 10 different jobs and not have clarity and totally be stressed out all day long like oh i gotta get this done i gotta get that done but if when you find that clarity and you align all of the things in your life into a single focus i think that's where we get the the biggest um, rewards that's the game changer right there (laughs) there's your hack for all your audience and your listeners (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly put it all together um and boom you're there all right awesome well eleanor this was a ton of fun talking with you we do have some guests some questions for our guests that i ask um towards the end of the podcast sure what is the one hobby that you wish you got into um maybe piano Mm. back back at the time i I do find the piano to be a beautiful instrument and i know Mm. there's a lot of dedication that goes behind learning an instrument so this is obviously speaking back in grade six once upon a time (laughs) but otherwise anything of the athletic nature would have been also beneficial to build that habit and discipline in me from a young age now i just work on it myself yeah well that's awesome yeah i wish i knew how to play the piano because i am musically inclined and that i love music and i used to be in band in a band a while back when i when i was a singer and i was like i wish i knew how to play some music or come up with music scores so then i can write songs because i used i used to write poetry back in back when I was younger. So that would have been something cool as well. In the next lifetime. Maybe in the next lifetime. Or maybe (laughs) when I get all the systems in line, right? Yeah. (laughs) Find some time to do it. All right, next one. What did you want to be when you were a child? Many things. In year 10, it was a lawyer because I have Jewish parents and they want you to be a lawyer or a doctor. So... It, it started off as a lawyer and then I have always, uh, ever since I can remember, I think since the age of 16 roughly, I've been in love with cars, especially Alfa Romeo. And mm. then I wanted to become a mechanical engineer and to design cars. <laughs> but I probably just wanted to own one rather than design one. So it became that. and then And then it became artist and then it became an architect and then it became something in construction and then it became a thought leader but you know that's also part of the problem with the system it's defining what it is that you do via job titles and yes you know right now you can't call me an author that's just one part of what i do you know same as you podcasting is one part of what you do and people get really frustrated when they can't fit you into a box but it's not about the labels or the titles it's about you know, being your own brand and having businesses that are an Mm -hmm. extension of that brand. And if people don't know where to place you, well, it's all the better. It means I'm doing something right. Yes. (laughs) That's so true. Right. Um, I've, I've, I can call myself so many things, but for the longest time I was like, yeah, I'm just a, I'm just a designer. 
And yes. designer is a is a broad word too, right? Oh, oh, oh what kind of designer are you? Are you an interior designer? Because sometimes they didn't have didn't have a a category for graphic designers or something like that because it's such a new field comparatively to you know decades or centuries of other tradesmen and craftsmanships and whatnot. Beautiful. What is your favorite movie or TV show? And if none, how about a book? Book, the book, it's called The Code of the Extraordinary Mind by Vishen Lakiani. And that was a game changer for me. The book actually has a disclosure that it's going to shake up your belief system and rock your world. (laughs) And it did very much so. And that was a very formative book for me, as was Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon mm. Hill. And oh my God. I love and appreciate the book, An Astronaut's Life, An Astronaut's Guide to Life on Earth by Chris Hadfield. The, the guy had an intergalactic career and experience. Yeah. So someone who has lived a life like he has definitely has something to say on the human experience. And there were many other books that were formative, yeah. but I absolutely love reading and exploring different minds nice yeah chris hatfield has a mastermind class too on masterclass.com yes um really really beautiful that the way he talks and explains those um theories and philosophies all right next question what movie would you choose if you had if you got to play a character in it gatsby from the great gatsby oh nice i like it who is your favorite superhero? Does it have to be an actual character or can it be a, a real-life person? It could be anything. It could be uh, your superhero power. Superhero power. Look, I'll have to give this to my mentor, who is Ron Melhotra. He's someone who is larger than life. Mm. And he came into my life and changed everything about it. He nice. has this unique ability to see the entirety of your future potential and hand it back to you and make sure that you believe it as long as well as for the pathway and processes as to how you're going to achieve exactly that. So he's one of the most important people in my life and he has a very special place between my heart and my mind for everything that he has done for me. So he's the superhero in this situation. Fantastic. Well, Eleanor, this was a lot of fun talking to you. Where can my audience find you? They are more than welcome to connect with me and follow the journey. I'm on Instagram at Eleanor Moshe underscore. And you can also connect with me on LinkedIn, Eleanor Moshe. And visit my website, eleanormoshe.com. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Eleanor. This was a lot of fun. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Congratulations, you made it to the end of the episode. Thanks so much for listening to our guest on this episode. Please send me an email at junaid at hexandhobbies.com to tell me what you loved about our guest today. You can find links mentioned in this episode on the hacksandhobbies.com website.